0: So, a podcast about FAMU athletics is here to talk about FAMU in a positive light, what's going on, and always keep you abreast as to the most up-to-date events related to FAMU athletics, whether it's football, basketball, tennis, or even FAMU golf. We're going to talk about it, we're going to bring it up to the light, we're going to share it, so that you can brag and tell all your other friends in a sweat that FAMU is the greatest school on this side of heaven. I'm Keith Hadley, and I am a graduate of Florida University, and I also run the FAMU Fifth Quarter on Twitter. Like the Twitter page, follow it, and make sure you share it with your friends so that they can keep up to date as to how great FAMU is, so that if they're not a rattler, they can know who their kids need to be. Greetings and salutations. Another episode of Fangs Up here. And in this episode, we're going to talk about some of the things that have been going on around the football program. Also going to talk about the game against Southern. So that to me is your best value game of all the home games this football season. But we're going to start off by talking about the football program and some of the things that are going on there. And football continues to be. Offering players I mean, we're, we're, There are no games being played when it comes to Offering these student athletes Opportunities to attend the highest Of seven hills and The student that was offered this week is Going to be Zahir Rainer He's a 5'10", 188 Pound safety from Trinity Episcopal School, three star Athlete, class of 2024 And he's from that DMV area uh, Virginia to be Exact and That goes back to what was said in the previous episode about if FAMU continues to expand its recruiting area, how helpful that can be for the program. And we're seeing FAMU delve or dive into three particular areas, one being Florida. FAMU is continuing to keep Florida as its main area. We're also seeing that besides having Florida as its main area, we're also seeing that Georgia, And now it appears Virginia is becoming an area or the DMV area in general, which is Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. All three of those areas, very talent-rich areas. And if FAMU is able to utilize its ability to continue to grow in that area, I think that bodes very well for the recruiting process going forward. That's just me personally. I think that is a good sign and a great sign of life that we're seeing there. We're also going to see that, fam. you got some new coaches and one is James Colsey. If you are like me, you saw that name you're like, Hmm, where do I know that name from? James Colsey played football at the Florida state university. And after that, he went on to play in other areas and has since become a coach. But ever since he is pretty much left being a player He's been a coach, and he's coming to FAMU. He's gonna as the passing game coordinator, as well as working with the secondary. And I'm gonna ask out loud. Hmm. We we've seen what happened to our last passing game coordinator. This goes back to where I was stating that FAMU needs to be an area where we continually recruit coaches to come here, and also. Get them to leave here, because if a coach can come to FAMU, have a good experience and leave here, then what they're going to do is one, they're going to tell the coaching coaching friends about what FAMU did for them or what happened for them while they were at FAMU. But also they may come back in the future. And that's something that we would like to see continue happening, because if Willie Simmons can create a coaching tree, per se, all of a sudden that becomes a coaching tree for FAMU, at least in my opinion. And hopefully we can get a bit, do better at supporting our coaches that are on the Hill. So congratulations, to James Colsey. Another coach that we have is Donovan Morgan. He's going to coach the safeties. He played in the NFL for the New York Jets as well as the Philadelphia Eagles. And he also played at Virginia Tech. So we're continuing to see that coaches that have played both in college as well as the pros are coaching at FAMU and coaches that have have that have had experience coaching in other areas coming to FAMUs, especially Colsey. Colsey was a head coach at St. Mary's university in Canada. And now he's coming down to become a positions coach. And I'm going to ask the question out loud. Is this a stepping stone position for him? Does this become Another opportunity for a coach that is at FAMU to become a NFL fellow and then to parlay that into a position in the NFL. We saw what happened with Coach Black. We see that our current special teams coordinator has been able to enjoy the uh, fellowship as a football coach. So we got a little thing going on at FAMU, and you want that to continue. That being stated we're going to need to continue to have that happen and to continue to have students that the NFL coaches want. And we see that there were NFL scouts on campus at the scrimmage, and most notably the San Francisco 49ers as of late. But we've had a couple other teams. I believe the Dolphins were in as well as the bucks were in earlier this past week. So NFL coaches are coming in and they're asking about Isaiah Land. I mean, The coach today, he asked, you know, was there anything on or off the field to know about Isaiah land? And the answer was no. Coach pretty much Say he's a workout warrior. Coach asked, can he, the scout from the 49ers asked, could he put on weight? Coach Simmons said he's, yeah, the guy can put on weight and get up to about two forty. So kind of one of those things that again, we continue to see is the importance of your character. Uh, We can't say it enough. Too oftentimes coaches as well as athletes are told, Hey man, make sure that you're a stand up guy. Make sure you stay out of trouble. Make sure you do the right things because these people are asking about you and they didn't ask him on film. We didn't see that part. Hey, how does he do in the film room? All of these other things. One of the first questions asked was, What kind of person are would we be drafting? Are there any problems or issues with this guy? And it was refreshing to see that coach had no complaints about him, but it's also something that's a lesson for the student athletes to be able to say, Hey, make sure that you are paying attention to how you conduct yourself on and off the field, because these coaches are asking about those kind of things. So, uh, good additions for the football program, continued growth from the football program and things of that nature are happening and taking place. And, I, for one, would like that to continue. Another thing that we are seeing, though, is a little bit of criticism. And the criticism, as of late, is relating to the basketball camp and the lack thereof basketball camps from the women's basketball team. And it's a fair comparison. I made it myself. I definitely stated, hey, man, it would be really great if we were able to get some type of coaching camps on campus. And I personally stated that we should partner with local universities that are within the Florida, Georgia, Alabama area and see if we can bring those people in to assist us with our coaching camps and our exposure. Because at the same time, these people can grow their brands fam you can grow its brand we can show off our facilities and when they have their coaching camps in the future we're able to attend I mean it's, it's just one of those you scratch my back I scratch your type deals and I think it's something that we're missing out on I, I definitely noticed a lot of people were definitely more harsh than I was when it came to criti- criticizing coach pillows lack thereof and stating what different resources were available that may not have been you utilized And I know I try to keep fame in a positive light, but I had some of the similar sentiments as far as like, man, why didn't we have this for women's basketball? But we had it for men's basketball. So going forward, let's let's see, hoping that this changes, but let's see how the the men's basketball thing uh, plays out. I personally seeing that it is sold out. The men's basketball camp sold out. If we could do something similar for the women's camp, and can we get some support from not just coaches and players, but from alumni as well? So I think those are the big things as far as going in that area. We're going to take a break, though, y'all. Uh, we're going to come back and we're going to start talking about that Southern game and kind of why I think it's the best bang for your buck and why that's the game that you should definitely keep an eye on. Things up. All right, we're back, y'all, and this game is my favorite game of the football season. It is the one game that I personally would say that I'm super jazzed for as far as just overall excited. Don't get me wrong. The Jackson State game I'm excited for because I want some get back. The Florida Classic is the Florida Classic. You're always excited about that. But FAMU and Southern is one of those games that we don't get every year. But that is probably the best rivalry in HBCU athletics uh, as far as teams that aren't in-state natural rivals. This is one of the best. It goes all the way from the bands to the football teams to the fans. Bar none, this is probably one of my favorite rivalries between two schools because it's just so much fun. I've seen this game in Tallahassee. I've seen it in Baton Rouge. I've seen in Atlanta and Birmingham. It's, it's just a fun game. And it is just a lot of trash talk and two schools that are culturally very similar to one another square off on the field and they go at it. And that in that game in particular is the game against FAMU and Southern University. And this year, I uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good game. Last year's game, it was closer than you think. Like, if you look at the score, it was 29-17. to But me personally, I felt like that game kind of could have went either way. That's just me. I wasn't sure that we really had that game probably until about the fourth quarter. Maybe later in the fourth quarter, I was comfortable like, all right, we're going to beat Southern. Just because things flip so quickly in that stadium, it's just – it's just a weird place. Like A.W. Mumford is one of those places where you can be up by 21 second. Next thing you know, you're down by three and you're asking yourself, how did this happen? What's going on? <laughs> like, um, but this year, the games in brag, I will, I will let the cat out the bag. I think FAMU wins the game, but I think it's closer than the experts think. And again, last year, FAMU beats southern in baton rouge it was a 29 17 game and the stats i'm using are all duly stats because if you're not familiar southern university has a new head football coach coach Dooley came from prairie view to coach at southern and he played at southern so it's kind of the it is not really the the prodigal son coming home because the story of the prodigal son In the religious textbook uh, The prodigal son did stuff he wasn't supposed to do That's why he couldn't come home uh, But this isn't that This is the person that Left home And who's coming back But did the right thing while he was gone So but Dooley's coming back to Southern And he's coming back with a lot of Fanfare at Prairie View They were 7-5 and five last year They had a pretty good season They're actually predicted to win and I was trying to jux jostlate between prediction or picked but I chose predicted but they're picked to win the South. Southwestern Athletic Conference's Western Division and I'm going to go along with those people I think Southern has the best team in the SWAC West and this game could be a preview of the conference championship game just going to put it out there if FAMU handles their business and Southern Southern handles theirs, you can see a rematch of this game. But last year, Dooley's offense and I almost said Southern averaged twenty five point four two points a game. FAMU averaged about twenty seven points per game. So you're already seeing two teams that are going to be able to score, and that that's going to be something to pay attention to. How do these two defenses respond? to two offenses that are capable of being high-powered offenses. That being stated, last year, Southern averaged 161, sorry, Dooley. See, I did it already. Dooley, not Southern, averaged 161, 161 yards per game. So Dooley's Prairie View team. I shouldn't say Dooley because Dooley didn't run it, run the, the ball. He just, he was the head coach. Passing-wise, Prairie view averaged 230 yards per game. Now, again, why, why am I pointing out what Prairie view did? Because Dooley was the head coach at Prairie view. He wasn't at Southern last year and Southern had a four win campaign, three, four win campaign. It, it wasn't a strong campaign. And another thing that's going to stick out to you is the average time of possession was 31 minutes per game. That's over half of the game went to Dooley's team. So we anticipate a good offense from Dooley and Southern. And I feel like they're going to be a little more explosive than they were at, at our Prairie View. And it's, it's weird to kind of jump between the different schools and the different coaches and keep them all aligned. But I, I think that Southern is going to be a very high powered offense, especially under Dooley. And I feel like he's going to have a little more speed just because we notice traditionally Louisiana produces very highly high talented players. Like Louisiana is a very talent rich state and speed is not normally one of the problems that you get out of players in Louisiana. Like they normally have that talent. They normally have that little, that what for to them. They got a little bit of swagger to them and that's going to compare very well when you get Florida boys On the field against Louisiana boys, very good juxtaposition as far as the two cultures, because in many ways, they're very similar, especially our major city talent. And you're going to get that play out on the field because you're going to have that aggression from both teams displayed in full effect on the field. And because of that reason, I think Fanview wins the game. But at this point, Southern knows who they are. They know the kind of team they are, they know how to run run Dooley's offense, they know what he expects, they know how to execute it, and I think that they're a year or two away from being able to really put FAMU away, but I think it's gonna be a fairly close game. I got the game the score for the game being thirty four to twenty eight. And it is it's gonna be a closer game to me than I think a lot of people anticipate and a lot would expect, and it, it's going to be a lot of fun to be, to, to watch and a lot of things, a lot of things are happening at that time. So me personally, I think for the Southern game, this is your best bang for your buck. Um, I'm going to pause it here though. We're going to take a break, pause for the cause. I'm going to tell y'all why this is the best game for the football season that you, you're going to get at a family home game, this is Fangs Up. All right, y'all. We're going to kind of go inside the den, but we're also going to continue our previous uh, conversation where we were talking about the Southern game. And so, to me, this is your best value football game of the entire football season. It is going to be senior night. So if you're not paying attention, do not be surprised if you see a lot of pop and circumstance related to the, the seniors that are on the football team. Again, this is going to be senior night, their last night at Bragg. Why is this a better value than homecoming? One, the hotel prices are not stupid. This weekend in particular, FAMU is playing in Tallahassee by themselves. Part of the reason homecoming is so expensive is because FAMU and FSU are both having a home game at the same time. Whereas for the Southern game, you don't have that. The hotel prices are going to be a lot cheaper. Another reason this is going to be your best bang for your buck for this season is because during the same week, the North Florida fair is in Tallahassee. Now, this game is a 6 o'clock kick. The fair normally opens up around like 9 or 10 o'clock. And if you're like me, I'm a family man. I'm not trying to go to Midnight Madness. I'm too old for that. People don't know how to act. Y'all folks be over there cutting and shooting, acting stupid, and doing things like that. But if you go early in the morning, it's a great family atmosphere. You can get your funnel cakes, you can get your Turkey legs. You can go over to Sheldon Walker's dad and get the uh, kettle corn made. If he's over there this year, like it's just a better atmosphere. And if you're going to be able to really consider why this is part of the best bang for the buck, you have the North Florida fair. You can go there in the morning before the game. I honestly anticipate taking my little person there before the game. Like, I might not show up on campus until 1 or 2 o'clock. The game's at 6. Again, I might not show up on campus to cover the game until closer to almost 2, maybe 3 or 4. Just so that I can kind of get my bearings, but also let my kid have a fun time. Also, another reason why this is your best bang for your buck. I believe Challenger Center is going to have their free kids day. It's just there's a lot of things happening around campus that are going to allow you to be able to enjoy the atmosphere. But also another reason best bang for your buck. Southern normally brings the band. So from the zero quarter to the fifth quarter, you're going to have competition because the game's going to start and both bands are going to be going at it. Southern's marching in is going to be awesome. It's going to be epic. Then, the hundred is going to march in and they're going to blow at each other. And then you're going to get the first quarter and the second quarter. I think you're going to get some good football. Then you're going to get an amazing halftime. Then you're going to get the third and fourth quarter. And then you get an amazing fifth quarter. And why is that important? Because Southern is one of the two bands. There's only two that family pays attention to in the stands. And that's Southern and Cookman outside of that. We don't pay, our, the 100 doesn't pay them those other bands any attention. If you went to the Orange Blossom Classic last year, Jackson State was bold. They're playing FAMU Fan fairs. They're doing everything they can to get the attention of the FAMU Marching 100. And they ignored them. They did their own thing. They played on time. God, Southern, I mean Southern, excuse me, Jackson State tries to play in the middle of it and the 100 just gets louder. Like, you know what? We can play with power. We just don't want to. You have the juxtaposition between the band that plays cranking and loud with the controlled aggression of the hundred. It's, it's a lot to enjoy. And when you consider that the hotel prices are going to be halved and in, we're talking about you staying in a nice hotel, not the Laquita, the events going on, most notably the fair outside of campus, but also on campus, Literally the entire game atmosphere from pregame to postgame is going to be filled with happenings. I think you get your most bang for your buck. And if you're not going to homecoming or if you're looking at the price of the tickets at homecoming, you're like, um, 50 bucks to get in for a homecoming ticket, $300 for a hotel. That's $400. And I haven't watched the game yet. And you ain't paid for gas or eating. You're talking about five, $600 for Tallahassee. Whereas that same amount of money for the Southern game is going to go a lot farther. I think this is the game that you really get to take advantage of the university being in what is probably one of the premier conferences in the FCS level and the best conference when it comes to band quality. Like the, the MEAC had good bands when FAMU was there, You had three good bands. When FAMU and A&T and and Cookmore were there, you had four good bands. Now you really have one good band. Maybe two. And that would maybe be Norfolk and South Carolina State. Whereas the SWAC, you got FAMU. You got Southern. You got Jackson State. You got Grambling. You got Prairie View. I didn't even say Texas Southern yet. All the, like, Almost half the conference has a really good band. So you're getting two of the best bands in the conference. And they're not going to be jacking up the ticket prices like they're going to be due for homecoming. It's a night game. It's a six o'clock kick. So it's not going to be hot. It's going to be pretty cool. Like this is the game to wear your jeans, bring a hoodie, like get your baby powder on, put some deodorant on, a little bit of cologne. Like this is the game where you really want to smell good because... By the end of the game, you're not going to sweat it all off. And you could probably leave the game and still go to the club. I mean, it's going to be like 9, 10 o'clock. You get there. But this is the game where you're going to still smell good at the end of the game. And it's going to be gorgeous. So this right here, this is my Inside the Den tip. I gave you all the tip last on the last uh, episode there of getting your parking passes for homecoming. This is the game where you're going to really be able to enjoy yourself. As far as the whole game atmosphere homecoming, they're leaving at halftime. They got clubs to go to people to flirt with stuff to do this game from the beginning to the end. Very few people are going to leave unless it becomes a blowout. The atmosphere is going to be top notch and it's going to be around the time of year where it's going to be already kind of festive and things of that nature. Senior night, it's just it's a lot. This is going to be your best bang for your buck. If you are going to any family game this season and you're saying I only can go to one. This is the one to go to. I would pick this over the classic for the very fact that it's a family home game. Now, if, if you're going to do the classic as well, these two are the games like Southern and B.C.U. are the two games to go to. But. I think you're going to get a really good experience from this one. This is going to be the closest game day atmosphere you're going to get to the Florida classic outside of the OBC. And part of the reason the OBC is going to be like that is because hard rock stadium is not really close to anything. Like it's not close to any kind of places where where you're going to, Oh, we're going to let out and go here. It's not, it's a drive in itself to get there. This game though is going to be where you're going to get a great atmosphere I don't know if it's going to be a sellout. Uh, I hope it is because this game is always better when it's a sellout, but it's definitely going to be a a place to be. It's going to be the game where you're going to be looking at the end of the game and saying, I had some fun, especially if you win. So again, this is your cost effective game. So To give a quick recap, though, FAMU's got coaches on the field, new coaches on the field. We've extended an offer. We have NFL scouts on campus. Southern game, I got FAMU winning that one uh, 34 to 28. And I still hold serve that this is probably going to be the one game that is going to be the best value. You're going to get the most bang for your buck from this game. Because the hotel prices are cheaper. You have the best quality bands that you're going to see all season outside of the classic, the Florida classic. And you also have the North Florida fair. You're going to have all kind of events going on around campus during this time. So that's it, y'all uh, kind of short show today, y'all, but we're going to be wrapping up, man. We only got two more games to talk about. And that's the Alabama State game, which was actually a pretty decent one last year. Uh, They shot themselves in the foot a lot last year. And the Big Florida Classic, where they definitely shot themselves in the foot last year. But it ended a 10-year losing streak. We had not beaten them in 10 years, to the point to where my child had never seen FAMU beat Bethune-Cookman. So, uh, that's not true anymore. She's seen it, and we were there uh, as a family at the uh, uh, we had a watch party here in Orlando, but that being said, y'all, thank y'all for listening. Y'all always know I appreciate your time, and as always, this is thanks up.